guess what? No matter how good your intentions, no matter how important your goals, sometimes things are going to get in your way. Today on the Weekly Walk Podcast, Eric and I are going to talk about some of those things and how to avoid letting a pause become a stop. So if moving forward towards your goals, towards your dreams, towards your intention, towards your resolutions is important to you, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Welcome to the Weekly Walk Podcast, the perfect podcast to take with you on a 30-minute walk. I'm Joyce, the pack leader here at 99 Walks, and each week, my husband and co-founder, Eric, and I explore tools, tactics, research, and random stories to help you keep moving forward and creating a life you love. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. I give up. You give up? I give up. What do you give up on? Mm, Everything. All of the above. D. D. (laughs) I select D. It's all a lot. And I'm, it's not even February, and I am burned out, exhausted, and I've just sort of lost my steam this month. So it's one of those days where you want to get in bed, pull the covers over your head, and just do nothing and give up. Is that an option? (laughs) It's an option, but we never seem to actually take that option. (laughs) You know, when I was in college, I always took that option, not while I was in school, but I think back and I remember when I would come home at the end of the semester after finals, I would crawl into bed for three days. What'd your parents say about that? My my memory is that they said nothing. They were sort of fine with it because I came home not just from the stress of exams, but I think just the social and the go, go, go of being in school and surrounded by people. I don't know. I just, I needed that time. And I think as I've gotten older and the responsibilities mount, I don't really give myself that time. Yeah, we have a lot of adulting to be done. We started this morning with some adulting when our downstairs heater heat system whatever wasn't working so well (laughs) there's always adulting to be done i was stressing that for an hour and a half before you got up and very quickly identified and fixed (laughs) the problem so thank you for that you're very welcome Uh, but there was a little stress around that and now that you mention it there was definitely a moment this morning when i thought about just getting back in bed because it was warm (laughs) there Yes, it was. So, anyway, the point is we don't really have that option. We need to keep going. We're setting our course. We're wrapping up the January theme for 2023. And how do we we keep going when we're facing those sort of moods and challenges and moments? What can we do to keep that momentum going, keep on course? Well, I I would argue that sometimes we do have that option. So I think the first thing, and this is the, I'm starting with the first thing that's actually the trickiest thing, is recognizing when we need a rest, right? Like I was so good at recognizing that when I was younger. I needed a rest. I took the rest and I came back stronger. 
you talk about this all the time as far as physical activity, the importance of rest and recovery. So I think the first thing we need to do is honor when we need a rest, but somehow try to figure out the difference between I genuinely need a rest and I'm just being lazy and giving up. I'm not quite sure how I know how you know the difference. Yeah, sometimes and and understanding the difference between pausing and stopping. Ooh. Right? Did I have a moment? Did I have one of my moments? You had one <laughs> of your moments. Say it again. Understanding the difference between pausing and stopping. Right, because when it comes to resolutions, that are, are so popular this month, so many people stop before the end of the month, right? And they, they don't pause, they stop. So how do we turn those stops into pauses? How do we keep going, right? How, how do we know when we need to recover? And how do we know, how do we ensure we keep going? That is, that's the question. That is the ultimate question because the truth is, for every major accomplishment out there, whether it's your personal accomplishment or accomplishments you see in other people, every one of those is the product of someone who is kept going and someone who is paused. And it's not about, uh, it's about getting up, right? You f what's the quote? H.G. Wells, fell down yesterday, stand up today. I might be misquoting him slightly, but that's the gist of it. So that's the, that's the essence of pause. The essence of pause. Yeah, I like that. So one of the, the things, and, and I think you feel pretty strongly about this, is knowing sort of the actions and what really takes the the mojo out of you what depletes you and then realizing just like you in college it was it was exams it was the people. social interaction the people so the people. noise oh yeah and knowing that okay that's going to deplete me i need to hit the pause button and then get back to it because you didn't quit college <laughs> right <laughs> you didn't stop college you just paused and that's really interesting, too, because sometimes uh, the things that deplete us are the things that we love. So I love engaging with people. I love meeting new people. I love hearing people's stories. I love all of that. And what I have a tendency to do is build too much of that into my life because even though I love that, it depletes certain amounts of my energy. Yeah, we talk about it in terms of of output. So if you have a, a day where we start like today with a podcast, then you have a walk and talk, then you have three phone calls, that's a ton of output. And by the end of a day like today's probably gonna be, you are depleted and need to pause. So for me, one of the best ways to pause is a good night's sleep which is why I, I just honor and value my sleep so highly because that is actually my personal best reset. But it, going to what you say, 
I've done a lot of thinking over the last couple of years uh, to try to identify the things that are a lot of output. Uh, speaking at conferences and creating conferences, which is something we used to do a lot of pre-COVID, I loved it. But wow, it left me flat. Well, we talk about this in, in terms of post-event letdown. And it's not just the exhaustion and effort and energy of putting something out there. It's the whole hormone response. It's the stress hormone. It's the cortisol. It's the getting it up. It's the excitement hormones. You probably know more about these than I do, but putting all this output and then when it's over and your body is like, okay, we're done. And just all these hormones rush out and you're replaced with the tired hormones and you know it's just whoa yeah so that's a that's a big big need for a pause so recognizing the things that are output for you and recognizing the things that are input that is one way to keep going and realize that when there's been a ton of output you might need a pause and that's okay just being sure that your pause doesn't become a stop just be sure that your pause does not become a stop. Yeah, so keeping keeping an eye and awareness and identifying these things and understanding, okay, in, and that's sort of the thing because often if you don't pause here or there, uh, the likelihood that you're going to stop is just that much greater. Burnout, right? If you don't pause and recoup when you need to, you are likely to be on a path to burnout. So what depletes you? What are the things that, that are, are that kind of output energy sap for you? I think it's, it's problems that are sort of, I don't want to say, just problems that I, that I face that I feel like are not particularly necessary just and this is predominantly in work just things that are are put on my plate that could have been avoided whether it's whether I could have avoided them whether someone else could have but just sometimes it just feels like an onslaught of these things and that actually I feel like just depletes me just tackling those over and over and over that's not what I thought you were going to say, actually. What What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say that what depletes you are, are problems and situations that you feel powerless to fix. So you're talking about depletion from sort of the day-to-day uh, annoyances, problems that could be avoided, stupid mistakes, that kind of, And I think that for sure that's, that's annoying and depleting and energy sucking. But I thought you were going to say that the thing that really depletes you is feeling like you can't make change, effectuate improvement, you know, feeling of impotence, for lack of a better word. Uh, yeah, that certainly depletes me as well. And I think those two things are, are somewhat related but I do feel like these days, at least, most problems in business, like I can solve. There, there are solutions. It just takes sort of 
work and working around and hard work. You don't mind hard work. I, I you don't. Are built it, for hard work. It does deplete me at some <laughs> point. <laughs> Do you ever find your exercise routine depletes you? Sometimes. Your CrossFit journey? Sometimes, but I'm fairly in the habit of, of taking the set rest days and it doesn't doesn't usually get to that point. I mean, it'll deplete me in the moment <laughs> and, and for the next bit afterwards. But in general, I find that it invigorates me. It just inspires and energizes me in the in the big picture. I wonder how much of that is driven by the fact that you do honor your rest days. Oh, yeah, because there are times, like, I'll know if I have a trip coming up that usually I work three days on, one day off, give or take. And sometimes if I have a trip coming up and I know I'm not going to be working out, I will sometimes work out four days in a row, maybe even five. And by the fifth day, like, I just, I just got nothing. So keeping with that schedule, again, knowing when to pause so it, you don't end up stopping is crucial. So this leads into another thing that I believe so strongly is a potential pitfall on our momentum, and that is the all-or-nothing mentality. So I say this frequently. I'm sure that some of our community has, has heard me say this, but whenever I speak with someone who says, I'm going to walk every single day, I think, Oh, no, because you're just setting yourself up for for impossibility because something's going to happen. There's going to be an ice storm. There's going to be COVID. There's going to be someone who needs you. There's going to be a twisted ankle. And if you set a standard that is literally impossible to maintain, it becomes much easier for a pause to become a stop. Absolutely. Having th those sort of unrealistic expectations or goals or just setting them so high, even when very well intentioned, because this person is super motivated at this point and their their intentions are, are honorable and great and uh, they believe helping them get to their goal now we know through experience and members and research and studying that they're setting themselves up for greater challenges, let, let's say. So yeah, having that sort of built-in pause, whether, whether I, I mean, look at it this way, depending on your religious affiliation, life is built around that pause, right? You're, if you're going to church, that's a pause on Sunday. If you're going to temple, it's a pause from Friday night to Saturday night. Uh, and actually, we had some work done in, on our house 10 years ago or so. And the one of the contractors I was using would show up mostly. He was doing it as sort of a side project, maybe an afternoon or two a week. And then Saturday, and I said, why don't you show up on Sundays? And he said, if I show up on Sundays and bring a couple of my guys, he said, those guys are then worthless <laughs> for the rest of the week. 
So they need that pause. And he was smart enough. He could have finished my project in, in about half the time. But he knew in the big picture without that pause for his crew that he he would end up, some would end up stopping. The work just wouldn't get done as efficiently. Or as well. Yeah. I read some really interesting research, and I don't remember the exact numbers around this, but the concept was very, very clear. And what the research showed is that people who set a goal but bake into their plans days they're going to miss ultimately perform better. So what I mean by that is for the person who says, I'm going to walk every day this month, if instead of saying, I'm going to walk every day this month, they say, I'm going to walk every day this month except four. The research shows that those people are more likely to achieve their goal. And I think that's because they go into that acknowledging the fact that there's going to have to be a pause and that that's good and that's okay. That makes total sense to me. And I also think depending sort of on your fitness and wellness and health, if you're talking about working out or walking or jetty walking, whatever you're talking about, having that pause in there is just going to make you feel better. It's going to keep you from getting too beat up, which is just another reason that maybe you're going to end up stopping instead of pausing. But I think that applies beyond just physical activity. You know, you're, you're thinking about it through the terms of your physical body needs time to recover, which there's certainly truth to that. But I'm also, I'm talking even more broadly. I've thought about it with me for writing. I'm going to write an hour and a half every single day, except two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I totally hear where you're coming from. But again, I also think that having that in there and taking those breaks, I wonder if you looked at it and let's say let's say people said, I'll take those two days if I need them, but they still managed to, to walk or write every single day. I wonder if you looked at that over time, would those people in six months be less likely to keep going than the people that actually took those two or four Let's call them skip days. Skip days. Right, over the long term. So I, I think there, the benefits there are twofold, manyfold, however you want to put that. Uh, and I, I have not seen any research looking at that over the long term. But if I were to guess, I would guess that the people who take their skip days long term do better. Agreed. Maybe we, should, we could do a study around that. I know. It's such an interesting question. All right, what else helps us keep the momentum and stay on course? I think having focus about what we're doing and staying away from the 30-item to-do list. Just having too much on our plate, frankly. Are you talking to me? (laughs) What are you saying? No, (laughs) I'm talking to our listeners. I have so many things on my to-do list. But part of that is that I just, I like to write things down to get them out of my brain. So for instance, this is such a minor example, we're out of chia seeds. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I noticed, or the day before, I noticed that we were running low on chia seeds. 
So rather than do it right then and there, because I was in the middle of something else, I just sort of added it to my to-do list. Order chia seeds. Okay. So that is one of the ways that things just keep piling up on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Have you ordered the chia seeds? This morning. Oh, yay. Because <laughs> <laughs> we put them, I put them in my shake. As do I. I make chia seed pudding, which is unbelievable. Anybody out there like me who's looking to get a little bit more natural sources of calcium in your diet, chia seed pudding with almond milk or oat milk or... So what, what you're saying is add ordered chia seeds to your to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a problem, this ever-growing to-do list. Uh, right now, as I sit here, I have about 100 things on my to-do list, which includes my to-read list and uh, all the things. Too many projects. I have too many projects. Don't be like Joyce. Maybe the... um. <laughs> Uh, the theme of this podcast is don't be like Joyce. In some regards. Be like Joyce in many regards. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, just keep an eye on that. Focus. Cross things off when you can. And if something's been on your to-do list for a couple of months, just cross it off because it ain't getting done. <laughs> uh, there's also this concept that I talk about in my book of pick up the dust ball. So... Years ago, and there's a whole little chapter, a whole little chapter, because all the chapters in my book are little, I was walking up the stairs in our house, and there was a dust ball in the corner of the stairs, and I had something in my hands. So I didn't stop to pick up the dust ball. And then next time I walked up the stairs, I saw it again. And at that point, I just wasn't in the mood to bend over and pick up the dust ball. So this went on for like two days until I finally picked up the dust ball. But then what I realized is every time I saw it, it took a little bit of my mental energy and a little bit of my attention. A bit of your soul. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But it kind of goes to this chia seed thing. If I adjust, uh, I use nuts.com, which I'm a huge fan of, not a sponsor, not a partner, not any anything. But if any of you have not yet discovered nuts.com, I recommend you check them out because they're awesome. Their prices are pretty good and they deliver really, really fast. And do I, they still do the little surprise? They don't do the little oh, surprise. That's too bad. They used to put like a tiny, like one or two ounce surprise of a different nut or seed or candy or something in your bag. Yeah, I, they haven't done that in ages. That's mm. unfortunate. But nevertheless, they deliver in like a day. And the ordering process is super simple, especially for things like chia seeds that we order every couple of months. Anyway, maybe I just could have taken the 90 seconds and done it the first time. The not... Picking up the dust ball or the ordering the chia seeds? Picking up the dust ball took way less than 90 <laughs> seconds. That's why I was confused. Ordering the chia seeds. So instead of putting it on my to-do list, maybe I just should have done it. Put it on your to-done list. My to-done list. To-done list. So this idea of things that take more of your attention than they do the time to do them. Maybe just get them done. The other thing that helps with that is sort of batching those things. So if I have a bunch of phone calls to make or appointments to make, I'll try to batch them. And even though it's super unpleasant to make the dentist appointment and 
make the appointment for the shingles vaccine and do those things. Sometimes you just batch them and bang them out all together. Yeah, that's what I need to do. I have uh, quite a few dental adulting appointments <laughs> that I need to schedule. So trying to manage your to-do list in a more efficient and less overwhelming way and doing it in a way that you get to the end of the day and you feel like, see, there are two ways to get to the end of the day vis-a-vis -vis your to-do list. You ready? Mm -hmm. Way number one is you get to the end of the day and you think, I did a lot of good stuff today. Way number two is I have so much more to do that against the grand scheme of everything I want to accomplish, I didn't do anything. I have so much left to do. And both of those things can be true. <laughs> both of those things can be true, but it's a little bit about how you set in to craft your day and how you look at it. It's a little bit of positivity versus negativity, glass half full, glass half empty. You know, you can look at this in all kinds of ways. So there's another good technique that we can use to sort of limit our depletion or all of that that is the 352 technique. I know you talk about that and you've looked into it. Do you apply I, that? I haven't looked. This is something I totally made up. I don't even know what you're talking. You're acting like there's some research around this. This is something I personally made up. Right, and you've talked <laughs> about it. And <laughs> So have you implemented it and been having any success with it? I implemented And why do you explain what it is? Because you made it up. I made it up. So this is one way that I have sought to try to manage my to-do list so that I get to the end of the day feeling productive and not like a abject failure. <laughs> so it's really simple. I try to put on my to-do list five tasks no more than three phone calls or meetings because as I've mentioned, that's output for me. And then two personal things that need to get done, such as ordering the chia seeds or making the dentist appointment. So five, three, two, five tasks, three calls or meetings, two personal things that need to get done and no more. That's it, that's what goes on my to-do list for the day. So if you accomplish those, let me do the math, five plus three, carry the one plus two, <laughs> those 11, no, 10 things. If you do those 10 things, do you do more or do you just sort of, you know, wipe your hands and call it a day and take the win? Well, that raises... And have you ever done all 10? Uh, when I'm really diligent about creating a... 532 plan for the day, I usually can accomplish it. The problem I run into is exactly what you're saying, which is I do those and then I'm like, bonus. So then I started, oh, now we're getting really too, now we're seeing my insanity. <laughs> so then I started doing 532 planning and then I put bonus things on the list. So if I get all those things done, I can also do these three things. Um, and then the whole plan fell apart. So I think I need to be a little bit more diligent, not just in planning my 532, but actually sticking to it. Yeah, and maybe if you plan your 532 
and then you accomplish your 5-3-2, and then you have a little bit of extra time, maybe you reward yourself by doing like one of either the least unpleasant things or one of the most favorite or, you know, best things on your to-do list. Like, not, like it's a little reward. Like, oh, I get to, I don't know, what's something good on, on your to-do list that you would like to do. Pack jetty poles for shipping? (laughs) Or write or do something creative that you don't often find time to do. Mm. So you get to, you know, flex your creativity that maybe would be pushed down your to-do list by packing jetty poles. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I really thought what you were going to say is if you get to the bottom of that list, just crawl into bed and watch crappy television. Or read a book. Nope. Nope. No, I mean, if, if you have some work day and bandwidth still available, right. then... Do then something, right, that do, doesn't feel pressured or... Right, something that's a little bit more of a reward, but still something on your do list. You know, write this blog post. You love to write, but maybe that gets pushed back by some of the more urgent stuff. Interesting theory. All right, other ways to keep going we're almost out of time. Give me, give me two. Well, we sort of just touched on that, which is celebrate those successes. So when you're doing the five, three, two, so you're going to celebrate that success by accomplishing that, by letting yourself flex your creativity or doing something that you enjoy a little bit more. But same thing, if, if you are achieving some of your walking goals, whatever, whatever they may be, or a work goal or whatever, or you have some success, Take a moment, pause. Boy, there's a lot of pausing going on in a positive way here. But pause and celebrate that success. Not a new concept, but something that I think you and I particularly need to be reminded of this. We are not the best success celebrators. I I actually, I think we might be some of the worst success (laughs) celebrators. If there was one thing... Truly, if there was one thing I could wave a magic wand and fix about or improve, I shouldn't say fix, but improve about how you and I walk through our lives, both separately and together as a couple. So I guess this is a place where we're kind of wired the same way. So we're not making each other better in Mm -hmm. this sense. But celebrating the successes not our strong suit and we talk about it a lot it's not like we don't know it we just seem to be having some difficulty making improvements there i think maybe that's something to focus on this year yeah and then another thing that i just want to touch on a little bit is routines are really good so setting up this walking routine setting up this writing routine but sometimes changing up the routines can be almost a form of a pause or just mixing things up that can help us keep this momentum going and keep us going towards our goals because sometimes frankly routines get dry and boring like when i do some of my crossfit stuff typically these days i'm working out starting at about 3 30 or 4 and that's sort of my routine and unlike you i'm not a huge morning person but every once in a while i will get up at 5 or five thirty, be in the gym by 6 and just mixing it up and I I do feel that that is good for me in the in the long term it's a little microcosm of something I talk about a lot which is sometimes you've got to wake up and see something different and 
routines. Let's just talk about a walking routine. If you're someone who typically walks in the morning and that's your routine, if you, for whatever reason, miss that morning walk or choose not to or whatever it is, and you can inspire yourself to go later in the day, you're going to see something different. Yeah, different. You'll see, you'll see maybe the sunset instead of the sunrise. Different birds, animals, people. If you ever go into your coffee shop, sometimes I go to our local coffee shop, I usually go in the morning somewhere between, let's say, 7 and 9. And I see the same people and the same staff. And every now and then I'll go in there at 3 in the afternoon and I'll be like, who the heck are you? <laughs> and it's a whole different people. So sometimes you got to see something different, wake up or just see something different. Sometimes you have to see someone different. For sure. I actually feel like we could go on on this conversation for lots longer because there's a lot to dig into to explore what derails us from our goals and what we can do to try to stay on track to use two train metaphors so perhaps this will be a conversation that we revisit from time to time throughout the year because i do think it is mission critical staying on track consistency is key consistency above all i think is is super important so keeping that momentum going having the pauses and just considering those pauses part of the process and not not bumps in the road they are the road those pauses are crucial thank you for joining eric and i this week for the weekly walk podcast we would love to hear from you do you have a question or a thought about something you'd like to hear us explore call and let us know we have a hotline just for you 866 99 walks extension 3 866-999-2557 extension 3 and we will try to address your question or your thought starter in a future episode we'd love to hear from you